Give your Bibles turn to Genesis 22. Our focus in this series is biblical worship. Tonight, again, our topic we started last week is a setting of biblical worship. You'll recognize the passage when you get there. Genesis 22, we'll read the first 14 verses. <coughs> Excuse me. The Bible says it came to pass after these things. Let me stop for a moment. Anytime I read that in a verse, it came to pass after these things. The question that comes to my mind, what things? What things is this verse referring to? You know the story of Abraham and Sarah, how God had promised him a child. The promise came true in the previous chapter. And God told Abraham, send Ishmael away. Send him away. And so the promised seeds, the promised child has come. Ishmael is driven away. The promise that Abraham and Sarah had waited for for ten long years. And that may not sound too bad, but we need to remember that when God gave that promise to Abraham, he was 90 years old. God waited ten years. But the promised seed came. And now Ishmael is gone. Because God wanted Abraham and Sarah to know Ishmael was not going to be that promised seed. It was going to be Isaac. That is after those things. So, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And said unto him, Abraham. And he, Abraham, said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah. And offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Let me stop again. It's one thing to live by faith, waiting on a promise. At this point in Abraham's life, he's received the promise. And the one that Abraham loved more than life itself, God says, I want you to take the one you love, go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I shall tell thee of. So it's one thing to wait on the promise by faith, but now that you receive that promise, 
And God says, sacrifice that promise. Will our faith allow us to move then? Verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, <clears throat> saddled his ass, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac, his son. And he clave the wood for the burnt offering, rose up, went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. Come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it up on Isaac his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he, this is Isaac, said, Behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order, bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God. And seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me, and Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he looked. Behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. Abraham went and took the lamb and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. So many different ways we could go with this text tonight, but our topic is biblical worship. And we mentioned last week in verse 5 is the first time you'll see the mention of the word worship in the Bible. Now, again, it happened. We see examples of that, but it's the actual it's the first time it's the actual word is used. Abraham said to his young men, Abide here with the ass. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. We looked last week as we began this particular part of this sermon about the source of worship. And it's interesting, Abraham's worship 
was based on a clear word from the Lord. In verse 1, God said unto him. In verse 2, again, verse two, he said, or God said. And we have to realize that true worship is always a matter of faith. It's always a matter of faith. And genuine worship can only happen when our spirit responds to God's revelation of himself in his word. And I bow down in reverence, in love and adoration. We're responding to God's revelation of himself in his word. And it causes us to bow down before him. We saw the submission of worship. And again, worship does find its roots in the word of God. Uh, Abraham hears the command of God. He doesn't hesitate. He responds in faith, uh, submits himself to the will of God. And in verse 3, it says, Abraham rose early in the morning. Uh, in verse 3, uh, he saddled his donkey. And so he was willing to submit to the will of God. But not only is worship found in uh, its source in the, in the truth in the Word of God, it's also rooted in obedience to the Word of God. And if we don't obey the Word of God, we cannot be a true worshiper. And then there is a sacrifice of worship. Now, I think we have to agree. This is not something Abraham would have chosen to do on his own. Now, by the way, at this time in history, child sacrifice was common in the land of Canaan. Among the Canaanites. And now God speaks to Abraham, take your son Isaac, the one you love, and sacrifice him there on one of the mountains I'll show you of. And so Abraham's worship wasn't cheap. It was going to cost him his precious son. Verse 2, take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou So when Abraham told his two servants, we are going to go yonder and worship, Abraham knew that true worship was going to involve him making the greatest sacrifice possible. Sacrificing his son. And then in verse 5, we see the separation of worship. Look what it says. Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. In the introductory verses of this chapter, we find out that God took two young men with him. They travel three days' journey, and Abraham realized from that point on, he and Isaac had to go along. There had to be a separation. And there was a separation that took place. He tells those two young men, you stay here. 
and me and Isaac, we're going to go and worship and come again to you. Now, I have no idea, I mean, no doubt in my mind, I have no idea how God did it, but in some form or fashion, I believe that God was speaking to Abraham's heart through the whole deal. Because there was a time of separation. And for whatever reason, it is clear that these two men, these two young men were not part of the worship experience. And the implication is, they probably would have hindered Abraham from doing what God wanted him to do. What God had called him to do. So they had to be left behind. So the only two elements of this worship experience was Abraham and the treasure of his heart. So what's the lesson for us? Hear me well. There are many things in our lives that will hinder our worship. Like those two young men, there are things that will invade or intrude themselves into our worship that have no business being there. And we have to say to those two things, abide here. Whatever those things are, stay here. I am going to go worship. And I don't think I need to tell you, but I'm going to anyway. All of us are aware of the things that compete for our attention when we seek to worship the Lord. Isn't that true? I believe in the years I have served the Lord, since the day I began attending church, books would not hold the meals that have been prepared during worship service. Amen? Not, but in your mind. In your mind. I can't imagine the problems that have been thought through. The relationship that we pondered, deals that have been struck in a time that was set aside for worship. And where's our mind? It's somewhere else. That is if we're not asleep. Oh, sorry, Rick. (laughs) But isn't that true? So everything that would hinder us, the problems of the flesh, problems of the mind, problems of the world. And by the way, why do you think we call this a sanctuary? It's a place to get away from those things. A place to tell those things, you abide here, 
You stay outside. I'm going to worship. And anything that distracts our mind from Christ, from God, is a hindrance to genuine biblical worship. Abraham said, you guys stay here. We are going to worship. Hebrews 10, 21 and 22. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Now, again, we talked this morning about what we know, what the Bible says. This is the truth from God's Word. We have a high priest over the house of God. And my friend, that's the privilege of God's grace. A privilege of God's grace. And because we have given, been given that privilege, we now have a responsibility to draw near to Him with a true heart in full assurance of faith. And I'm not preaching just to you, I'm preaching to myself. I've sat in worship service. I never really planned meals, but I've considered problems, or this or that. We are to draw near with a true heart, and we cannot do that if our mind is weighed down with anything else except God. And so the Bible calls us to approach the Lord with a heart that is focused wholly and completely on Him. And anything that would distract our minds and draw our attention away from God has to be cast out. So we can be like Abraham, we can go from here to yonder and worship. We are going to worship. They travel three days. And we realize Abraham said for him, the place for worship was not here in the valley. With a young man, the place for worship was yonder on the mountain with the Lord. And folks, if we are going to worship the Lord, if we're going to worship in spirit and truth, like Jesus told the woman of the well, we have to move from where we are to where God is. From here to yonder. And the only way that we can do that is to separate our mind from anything that would hinder us from drawing near to God. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of God. So when I go to worship, I have to ask myself a question. What is occupying my mind when I come to worship? Who or what has our attention during worship? So we see the sacrifice of worship, the separation of worship, but also the self-denial. Verse 5 again. I and the lad will go yonder. I think I need to ask a question to make sure we're on the right track here. At this point, in verse 5, if we read that, 
Did Abraham already know what God was asking him to do? Yes. And when Abraham told those two young men that he was going up to worship, he knew that that worship meant he had to sacrifice his son. And in order to do that, Abraham had to deny himself. So genuine worship requires self-denial. He yielded himself to God. And I want to say, I don't think he felt like it. I would not have. He had no regard for his own will. Laid aside his own feelings. He sacrificed his opinions. He gave up his desires, his will, his preferences. And by the way, he was also giving up his future glory, his future to the glory of God. I mean, Isaac was a promised seed. So I look at this and I realize, unlike a lot of us today, and I said us, Abraham's worship was not about him. He wasn't concerned what kind of songs they sang. In fact, there were no songs. His worship was not about him. His worship was about the Lord. And isn't that what true worship really is? And so he wasn't looking for a type of worship in such a way that would allow Abraham to be exalted. Abraham was willing to worship in a way that would bring glory to God. And made a mistake about it. I have no doubt that Abraham didn't understand exactly what was going on. I mean, he, he knew it, he was living it, but he couldn't explain that. And so when Abraham said to those two young men, Me and the lad are going to go yonder and worship. He lost himself in the person of God. Abraham forgot about himself and did the thing that brought glory to the Lord. In Philippians 3, there's something we need to learn if we're going to worship. Paul says, We are the circumcision which worship God in spirit. And rejoice in Christ Jesus, notice this, and have no confidence in the flesh. Jeremy was sharing illustration that he heard today. I won't repeat it, Jeremy, because you may want to use it one of these days when you're preaching. Great illustration. But the bottom line is, and we come before God, we bring nothing but ourselves. Isn't that true? And if we come to worship the Lord, we must not come to Him full of ourselves. Abraham didn't. We must come to Him with everything that delights the heart of God. And my friend, nothing delights the heart of God more than His Son, Jesus Christ. Nothing. 
haven't counted them lately, but we know that more than one time God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So God is infinitely delighted in his son. And if we will enter into God's presence with a mind and heart full of Christ, if we will speak of the glories of His only begotten Son, if we make our rejoicing in Christ, our worship will rise to the Lord like a sweet-smelling savor. Thank you, Lord. You see, worship is never about us. Never. And in America, we've made it so, so much like that. And we'll, we'll never worship the way God wants as long as we focus on ourselves, our focus has to be on Jesus. So if I'm going to worship, I've got to stop exalting myself. And I've got to focus on exalting Christ alone. Christ alone. And real worship, hear me well. Real worship happens when we forget about ourselves and get lost in the glory of God. I was out at my dad's one day this week. And I was driving home. And I will warn you, if you see him on the road, clear the road. But I got to thinking about what God has done for me through the years. And I thought to myself, you better pull over. If all of a sudden I found myself lost in God. You feed my van. He wrote in me yet. It's a crazy experience. But in that old crotchety van, the Lord met me in a real way. Because I forgot about myself. I was lost in His glory. The self-denial. And then in verse 16 to 18, the service of worship. God speaking here and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. Because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son. Then in blessing I will bless thee, multiplying I'll multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because thou has obeyed my voice. Abraham climbs that mountain with Isaac. Isaac has some questions. Abraham answers Isaac's fears. He takes his son, Isaac, Ties him up, puts him on that altar. 
Abraham raised that knife. And my friend, he intended to sacrifice his son to the Lord. He was not going to hold back anything. He yielded every ounce of himself to the perfect will of God. But God called out from from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. The Bible said Abraham looked behind him. And there was a ram caught in the thicket. Coincidence? Not on your life. Not on your life. God intervened. He provided a ram for Abraham to sacrifice in the place of Isaac. So in the end, Abraham's worship served to glorify God alone. There's no other way to define this. No other way to look at it than that. Abraham's faith and the act of selfless worship delighted the Lord. Delighted the heart of God. But it also elicited a statement of appreciation from God. And whenever we devote ourselves to selfless worship, we bring glory to God. That's what worship is. Psalm 50, verse 23. Whoso offers praise glorifies me. And to him that orders the conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. True biblical worship. If we're going to worship God, it gives him the absolute preeminence in our life. Nothing is more important than God. God alone is glorified in genuine worship. And that's exactly how worship serves the Lord. Not us. It serves the Lord. Then there's the satisfaction of worship. God provided a ram. Now, I don't know about all the nuances of this chapter. And I've read it quite a few times. And I know that when Abraham told those two young men to abide where they were at, and when he told them that he and Isaac were going to go yonder and worship, he said, we will return. 
And I, don't, I can't say anything more than that. Did he know that? I don't know. But I don't believe he knew that God was going to provide a rent. All he knew what God asked him to do. So Abraham demonstrates his absolute faith in God. And God gave Isaac back to him. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? And I am sure that when Abraham climbed that mountain, his heart was heavy. I think each step was hard to take. And he was going to honor God, but he also knew that honoring God was going to cost him his son. But nonetheless, Abraham honored the Lord, and in return, God gave him Isaac back. So he probably climbed that mountain afraid and defeated, but my friend, he came down rejoicing and thankful. He probably climbed that mountain questioning the ways of God. But he came down from that mountain understanding God better than he ever had before. He probably climbed that mountain ready to give up Isaac on the altar of sacrifice. But he came down from that mountain more thankful for Isaac than he'd ever been. So when Abraham placed Isaac on the altar, God gave Isaac back, and Isaac was more precious than he'd ever been before. And while I said what I said earlier is true, worship is not about us, it's about God. But one of the greatest blessings of genuine Biblical worship is that it brings many blessings of God back to us. Isn't that what happened to Abraham? It sure did. And God is going to honor those who honor Him in worship. That's the kind of God we serve. Whenever we are willing to sacrifice all we are and all we have and all we care about on the altar of His glory... God is going to respond by blessing us, using us in greater ways than we could ever, ever imagine. And my prayer for myself is simply this. Lord, help me to learn to take all that I have and all that I am and yield it to you. Place it in your hands. And I believe if we will worship, respond in worship to all that Jesus is, respond to how He is revealed in the Word of God, I believe that God will respond to us the way He did for Abraham. And 
He will give us His Son, Christ, in greater measure. In greater measure. A greater appreciation for Jesus Christ and what He's done for us. Whenever we, be, we come and worship Christ in light of His death on the cross, That cross becomes more precious when we realize what he gave up, that we might go free. So many things to worship him for. His grace, his love, his salvation. Eternal life, heaven, the Holy Spirit, the Bible, the church. Everything that we have through Christ, genuine worship makes it more precious to us. So whatever we give to God in pure worship, who He is, what He does, what He's done for us in particular, he responds by giving those things back in greater degree. He loves you tonight. Now, I'm not preaching health and wealth, that kind of preaching. No. It's not that we have more of those things. It's that those things become more real and more precious to us. So precious to us. And my friend, that's one of the great benefits of true biblical worship. And that's the setting of Abraham's worship. The circumstances were not ideal, but he went to worship. Let's stand again. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to worship. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help our worship be biblical every time we worship. Thank you for times of corporate worship like we are here tonight. But, Lord, thank you also for the great times of private worship. Giving all that we have and laying, laying it on the altar of sacrifice. We love you so much. We praise you in Jesus' name.